Welcome to Two Open Doors, the podcast that explores our power to open or close the doors of relationship with the important people in our lives. We hope you'll learn from and share your wisdom with our community. Thanks for joining us. In trying to understand and compare the lifestyle choices of monogamy and ethical non-monogamy, or ENM, it's useful to consider the role of commitment in both of these choices. As we'll see, making commitments imposes constraints on one's life, in exchange for gaining specific benefits. As in many aspects of life, choosing a relationship style involves making trade-offs. What is commitment? Merriam-Webster gives us a pretty good definition. An agreement or pledge to do something in the future. Something pledged. The state or an instance of being obligated or emotionally impelled. From this definition, we can see that a commitment entails making a decision about our future actions and choices, and then holding ourselves responsible to abide by that decision. In making a commitment, we willingly constrain ourselves to remain true to whatever we've chosen to commit to. In making a commitment, we are making decisions about how to allocate our precious personal resources, things such as our time, our energy, and our emotional vesting. As human beings, our resources are limited. We have to decide which partners we'll share our resources with and to what extent. Making a commitment to someone entails our giving them a gift of our resources. In making a commitment, we take from our available resources, such as our free time, and give that to our partner. That means that we subsequently have less free time to give to others. It also implies that if we give time to one partner, it's not available to give to others. While it may not be our intention to take time or other resources away from other partners, that is the net effect of our commitment choices. It's sometimes said that love is limitless, which may be true in the sense that we can feel love for a potentially large number of people. However, making our feelings of love real in the lives of those we love requires that we act with love toward our beloveds, and our ability to act is always limited by our finite time, energy, and capacity for allegiance. Let's consider various possible forms of relationship. In the case of relationships, commitment can take different forms. More specifically, we can make commitments regarding how we behave in the physical and sexual aspects of our relationship. And we can also, and separately, make commitments regarding how we connect emotionally with a partner. These are two separate and distinct dimensions of a relationship. In the broadest sense, we can choose to relate to a particular partner in one of four different ways. First, we can choose a relationship that is relatively shallow in terms of both physical sharing and emotional connection. That might describe a casual friendship. Second, we can choose a relationship that involves a significant physical or sexual connection, but with little emotional connection. That might describe a swinger-style connection. Third, we can choose a relationship that involves little or no physical exchange, but in which we are strongly emotionally vested. That describes a platonic friendship. And fourth, we can choose a relationship in which we are deeply invested and connected in both a physical or sexual way and emotionally. That describes a deeply connected relationship. We can represent physical or sexual commitment and emotional commitment as two separate axes on a graph. They're independent choices for relationship style and relationship goals. Each of these dimensions represents a spectrum, 
Though the diagram may depict high and low levels of commitment on each dimension, at the two ends of each scale, each relationship exists somewhere on a continuum that ranges from low to high. Within each range of commitment, it's useful to consider a finer gradation that addresses the nature of the recipients of that commitment. A given relationship may allow for multiple non-exclusive commitments, as would be the case for a relationship that entails, say, a high level of commitment directed at multiple non-exclusive partners. Those who choose to practice solo polyamory exemplify this sort of commitment. As a somewhat narrower form of commitment, a relationship might involve commitment made exclusively to a group of multiple partners. Such would be the case for a polyfidelitous commitment. Such a group of multiple partners is closed, in that the relationship and commitments do not extend to those outside the group. However, it allows for each member to share a uniform level of commitment with other members of the group. At the most restrictive end of the spectrum, a relationship may extend exclusively to a single partner. As an example, a traditional monogamous marriage exemplifies this sort of commitment in both the physical and sexual and the emotional dimensions. It's worth thinking a bit about exclusivity. What does that term mean in the context of relationships? As a first observation, the term is used as a descriptor for relationship style, such as in establishing an exclusive sexual relationship with a particular partner. What that means is that one chooses to make commitments that result in sharing specific resources, such as one's sexual access, with only the one exclusive recipient. Conversely, having a non-exclusive relationship leaves a person free to share resources with multiple potential partners. In a way, exclusivity reflects the scope or breadth of commitment that one makes, whether to one or to multiple partners. It reflects one's decision as to whether to put all of one's eggs in one basket or spread them across multiple baskets. Note that exclusivity does not necessarily imply one's depth of commitment in a given relationship. Someone with a large heart and with ample other resources such as available time may be capable of sustaining deep commitments with multiple partners. Others with more limited capacities or resources may be better off confining their commitments to one or perhaps a few partners. Returning now to our taxonomy of relationship styles, we see that different kinds of relationships, that is, relationships that differ in terms of their kind and depth of commitment on both the physical and emotional planes, differ not only in terms of who participates in them, that is, single or multiple partners, but also in terms of the goals for the relationship. Some may focus primarily or solely on either the physical or emotional dimensions, while others may seek connection on both planes. Let's consider several specific kinds of relationships. First, a traditional monogamous marriage calls for deep and exclusive commitment on both the physical and emotional dimensions, at least in theory. That reality strongly suggests that living in such a committed relationship long-term places heavy demands on both partners. Each partner is expected to be all-in in terms of both their sexual commitment and exclusivity and their emotional availability and depth of connection with their one partner. Those commitments are expected to last throughout a lifetime of living together, despite the ups and downs of life and the evolution of the two partners. A relationship of this kind that lasts and remains vital and nurturing to both partners throughout a lifetime is indeed marvelous, special, and worthy of reverence. It's a high calling. 
Of course, we know from the high rate of divorce in our society that many relationships cannot indefinitely meet such a stringent set of requirements. After all, marriage is a relationship between human beings who may have the best of intentions, but who can change and who have limitations. Rather than taking the usual, almost punitive stance toward marriages that fall short of these lofty expectations, our society might reduce its members' suffering and trauma by demanding less than perfection in marriages. A second kind of relationship is that of swinging, which is also sometimes cryptically referred to as practicing the lifestyle. Such relationships are usually established between couples who are strongly emotionally bonded within each couple. The goal of such relationships is to enhance the participants' access to sexual and sensual variety for the purposes of enriching the relationships within the couples and individually. This sort of relationship does not involve deep emotional connections between the members of different couples, though soulful swingers can have genuinely caring friendships and may be very supportive of one another. Some couples may explicitly agree to not participate in potentially emotionally bonding experiences, such as kissing outside the couple. In any event, the focus of swinging on a sensual and sexual connection, but without deep emotional connection, puts such relationships squarely in one small area of the map of possible relationship types. Friends with Benefits, or FWB, and Best Friends Forever, or BFF, are two other kinds of relationships that occupy small portions of the relationship type map. They differ in the kind, as well as in the breadth and depth of the connections that they create. To look at one more relationship style, let's consider polyamory. Polyamorous, or poly, relationships are characterized by a desire for deep emotional connection between partners. In fact, there are poly relationships in which sexuality plays little or no role. Corresponding to this focus on emotional connection, we see that poly relationships span the entire high emotional connection area of a relationship map, apart from the limited exclusive relationship portion that describes monogamous marriage. There is a huge breadth of variation within poly relationships, spanning the degrees of emphasis on physical or sexual versus emotional connection. Such relationships also vary in terms of exclusivity or non-exclusivity of commitment between the participating partners. What they have in common is two things, a focus on emotional connection to a greater or lesser degree, and the involvement of more than two participants. That huge range of variations suggests that there is at least one style of polyamory that fits the needs, desires, and nature of a given participant. Painting from such a broad palette may offer a viable or even a preferred alternative to traditional monogamous marriage for many people. Finding an optimal relationship style requires patience, some courage, and some experimentation on the part of those who are receptive to considering such non-traditional relationships. However, the resulting satisfaction, joy, and pleasure are ample potential payoffs for that willingness to be adventuresome. To learn more about Two Open Doors and to engage with our community, I'd like to invite you to visit the Two Open Doors podcast, the Two Open Doors private Facebook group, the Two Open Doors meetup group, and the Two Open Doors website and blog at twoopendoors.com. I also invite you to contact me directly by writing to me at claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, at twoopendoors.com. I'd love to hear from you, and I'll use your inputs to guide my work on future blog posts and podcast episodes. Thanks for visiting Two Open Doors.